Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. Brought to you by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Connect with Sharon now at 781-837-4900 and online at bostonconnect.com. Now, here's Sharon McNamara. And good morning to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara. You are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. I am the broker owner and founder of Boston Connect Real Estate located on the South Shore. And we have Jesse Manning the phones this morning. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning. Uh, How are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm good. And I know Frank is too little to know it, but I mean, he's made history the one of the snowiest winters ever, right? Yeah, he has no clue, but he will know. <laughs> he will he know the year you were yeah. born. My, oh, well, actually the year after he was born, but... Yeah, technically. Anyways, uh, so we have Jesse Manning, the phones. We have another great uh, show planned for you today. 781-837-4900 is the number to the studio, and Jesse will be waiting for your calls. So this morning we have Andy Provatola with... Um, I love saying your name now. Do I say it yeah, correctly? That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saw to let it let roll off my tongue, right? Like the cheese. <laughs> exactly. And um, he is from Environmental Resources, and he has been here with us in the past, but uh, we have such a topic. This is like the third week in a row that we've talked about the issues about ice dams, and you're here to tell us your part, but why don't you tell all of our listeners who you are again and, and a little bit about your company background. Okay, thanks, Sharon. Uh, we're Environmental Resources. Uh, we've been established since 2001. Uh, we were in Pembroke, relocated to Norwell, and we covered the uh, southeast region, North Shore, South Shore, Cape and the Islands, and Metro mm-hmm. West. Uh, so we cover a good uh, spectrum of the, the area of Massachusetts, uh, do special assignments. And uh, as far as uh, background, I, uh, years ago I was in the solar energy industry, mm-hmm. and by the time they got tax credits put together, it just was irrelevant to get back into it because the tax credits are not there yet mm-hmm. where they should be. Uh, they were 61% when we were doing it, and when they yanked all the credits, it, you couldn't justify you know, installing that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm sure they're dealing with snow and ice on some of those roofs with yeah. solar panels. Oh yeah, that's going to uh, be a question. Maybe I can ask you later. Yeah, and uh, so uh, eventually... I got into indoor air quality, uh, started in the late 90s, and uh, just more of the questions and the concerns became um, older issues, which were becoming uh, musty, moldy uh, type of issues. And then the flood assessments. Uh, we were in this industry before all the hurricanes and the flooding mm-hmm. uh, from Katrina on, and uh, obviously, you know, living here on the South Shore, we get mm-hmm. hit pretty good in, you know, Situate, Hingham, Cohasset, Duxbury, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We just constantly uh, get hit with all these nor'easter-type storms and yeah. the waves. And uh, and FEMA's not helping out with that either, with uh, excessive uh, tax things they're trying to put on the table. Yeah. And right now they're delayed. And uh, But the... Uh, the older issues uh, got me intrigued, and once I saw that, went back into uh, some more studies, microbiology, mm-hmm. indoor air quality. Uh, I will say it's important for people to be trained, uh, certified Probably, in, yeah. in uh, areas of thermography, uh, areas of uh, indoor air quality, mold assessing, inspection, and remediation. We also do allergy-type uh, mm-hmm. assessments as well. So if it's dry, it's not just the wet and the flood areas. Uh, but mainly our goal, uh, we consult. Uh, so we give people an objective viewpoint. is uh, just to point people in the right direction, come up with uh, problem-solving solutions. Mm-hmm. You are actually one of the first companies to really, that I can recall, I mean, really getting into this. I mean, do you, do you agree with that? I mean, I just feel like... 
you're the sort of go-to guy that I, I know. I, I well, put it this way. In real estate, I was in mold before it was a topic. Yeah, the um, trigger word. Yeah, and I call it, quote, the mold rush because a lot of contractors <laughs> jumped on the bandwagon as gold rush. Yeah. And they're not it. trained, <laughs> they're not certified, yeah. and they just want to do a whole lot of remodeling. Yeah. And 15 years ago, I probably did 10 or 12 real estate assessments per year. Yeah. Uh, we averaged 10 to 15 a month. Wow. In the last three or four years consistently, and the foreclosures is, uh, hasn't helped that issue. Uh, but there are different phases as far as uh, we don't remediate, we do assessing, uh, we can do testing, moisture assessments, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Remedial companies, uh, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly, and that's another topic for another day. Uh, but with the ice dams uh, and the, the extent of snow with the blizzards of 2015, we, we may break the record, well, at least Boston, uh, this weekend. I, there's a little, little <laughs> part of me. I mean, I hate to even say this out loud, so um, I'm sort of hoping we do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I know Boston point, we might doesn't... as well. I, exactly. I know uh, Mayor Walsh probably won't be happy with me, but hey, I went to school with Marty, so I'm sorry, Marty. I hope we break, break the record. Yeah. I mean, we might yeah. as well at this point. Right. We're number two, so uh, we should, so at least we can brag about uh, we've had yeah. the most snow. But here's and the, the Patriots. The, the critical <laughs> thing, and yeah, it's because uh, Seattle put a curse on us and now we get all this snow. <laughs> yeah. But the critical thing is uh, when all this snow and ice begin to melt, mm -hmm. it's going to start intruding through the roof areas, through the upper wall and ceiling areas, and the basement and crawl spaces. Yeah. Uh, because if the water's running straight down, people don't have gutters, mm -hmm. it's going to hit those areas as well. So uh, you, we, some people may have the snow... Uh, off their roof. Uh, there's still a lot of houses that do have snow. Mm -hmm. And I did notice uh, a lot of the homes that do not have snow, it's because they have a real bad insulation problem in their house and they probably spend a lot of en money on energy, you know, heating and gas. It's so funny that I was thinking about that today because I was looking out my window and I saw my next door neighbor's house and there's like one section of her roof over like one of the bedrooms but that has no snow and the rest of the house has snow. So I was trying to think, I wonder what that means. Uh, there's a couple things. One is the uh, the location of the southern exposure. Mm -hmm. If your home is facing the south where the sun is hitting all day long, mm -hmm. it's going to melt the snow and ice off of the roof. Mm -hmm. That's usually the drier area. When you get on the northern exposure side, there's a lot of shade. The snow tends to sit on the roof longer in even you know weeks, maybe months uh, mm -hmm. after the fact. And that's why it's crucial that people have to find somebody to shovel the snow off the roof. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you get into ice dams, uh, it's very important because number one, in, as far as safety measures, people had two feet of snow, they shovel that off, we got dumped with another two feet. So in their mind, they think that it's okay. Yeah. If you didn't shovel off the first time, you may have three or four feet mm -hmm. you know, on the roof. And But safety, roof collapses, we've been seeing it in the news. Uh, somebody fell through a skylight this past week yeah. on the North Shore. Mm -hmm. and, but the weight of the snow and the ice and the moisture, it just continues to uh, break down the integrity of the roof and the structure. My office, I'm not exaggerating, we had snow above the door frame, the top of the door frame, above the gutter, and we opened the back door. It was just one, one mm -hmm. sheet of an abominable snowman yeah. just sitting there. And... and we had to get to that right away because we have a low slope type roof. And yeah. uh, and and when that melts, and we heard some creaking, you know, in the roof area, so uh, 
my wife was concerned, so we had to get that, you know, taken care of right mm-hmm. away. It wasn't leaking in, but if we don't didn't take care of it, it would. Yeah, and do you think, I mean, the weight of the snow is not really what's causing the snow to come through, but I also wonder, you know, with all of that snow and if it's sitting on there for a long time, I mean, you see mold and mildew on the outside of houses as well as the inside too, right? Yeah. That, yeah. So it, could that potentially cause that to happen because of all the snow? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it depends on the type of uh, exterior you have, whether it's vinyl siding, if you have clapboard shingles, uh, wood, et cetera. The, as far as when you're getting into uh, the integrity of inside the house or the health issues uh, when it comes to mold, it can affect people in different ways. But the problem is, is there's a lot of hidden things mm-hmm. that we can't see. And uh, number one, the reason we should get the snow off of our roofs is, you know, it's your property. It's the greatest investment you work yeah. for, and and you have to work hard to maintain it. Mm-hmm. Uh, home ownership is great, but there's a lot of you know maintenance that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. And like myself, a lot of people can't get up on the roofs yeah. and shovel it off. So you have to find someone, hire somebody, or or drag your kids out up there and get them on the roof and uh, get the snow. The other area would be when the snow starts to melt. You have the water intrusion, the flooding. Uh, the excess moisture, it subtly begins to destroy, you know, the integrity. Uh, this could be wood, wood, uh, wood rot, mm-hmm. decay, the ceilings, the upper walls, the floors, the carpets. And then sometimes it, I, I did a house recently in Hingham and it went from the top of the roof all the way down to the basement. So oh. it destroyed uh, three levels of an area of their walls, their ceilings, all mm-hmm. the way down to the finished basement. Uh, and, and that gets expensive. Yeah. Uh, well, when we were talking last week, we had a couple callers that called in and they were already seeing, because um, we had Steve Cook on with us from Imperial, and he was talking about how the ice dams, they're still, they're melting now, even though it was really cold. So the water was coming in and it's going in the walls you know, in the walls, like, so people have the spots on the ceilings on the second floor, but it's going all the way to the first floor. So it must be just traveling all the way through. So I'm assuming that that's going to be cause for concern for damage, you know, mold, right? All the way from the top? Uh, I mean, I'll get to that point. One of the things is Mm -hmm. that ice ice dams usually begin in the attic space. Okay. Uh, What happens, heat collects inside the attic to the roof bays or the sheathing, uh, one area is due to the heat loss, uh, mm-hmm. not enough floor insul- insulation in the joists. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of the roofs that are really dry is because th- they have very minimal insulation in the joists. So all that heat loss is just creating the snow was melting as it was falling, mm-hmm. you know, true there. The, uh, there are other issues that uh, tend with the ice dams. You have uh, what they call is air gaps. Okay. Uh, air gaps are the chases and plumbing and pipes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you also have uh, recessed lighting. You know, oh. it's not insulated, but they don't have the, the covers on or it's not insulated. Attic access entries. A lot of people don't insulate their attic access entry. I'm one of them. And I boom, can. the heat gets up there and all of a sudden you start to get moisture, you know, into mm-hmm. the, the wall areas. But when you get the, the warmth, it starts to hit the surface of the roof deck. Yeah. It keeps it warm. Mm-hmm. So now that's somewhat melting the exterior snow that's on the other side of the roof outside. So is that a bad thing, though? I mean, it's bad because you're losing energy. I get that. But, I mean, at least you're getting the snow off the roof, right? Yes and no, because what happens, we get the infamous, it's 10, 20 degrees all week, like this past week, and all of a sudden, boom, we get 40 or 50 degrees. Yeah. So when that starts to melt fast, all of a, then the next day or that night, it goes, drops back down to 20 or 10 degrees. Yeah. Or zero. And, you know, a few days we had... So that starts to form the ice dams at the bottom. 
the lower E's are usually cooler, so when that's cooler, it's not melting and it's just going to sit there. Mm-hmm. Clog gutters is another area why we should, you know, keep our gutters clean before the winter comes because when the leaves are there, nothing is draining. It builds up on the on the gutter, and all of a sudden the weight of the ice starts to pull the gutter away and it gets under the eaves in the fascia board behind and the water starts to penetrate and now you're starting to get into ruining the integrity of the the roof sheathing mm-hmm. uh, the water starts to leak into the ceilings and the wall areas and you have the potential for mold to grow so if if you don't see water and again this is andy provatola and he is from environmental resources and we're talking about ice dams yet again and we're talking about you know mold he's actually right now we're just sort of given you know a topic on how you're getting them how to prevent them and all that but 781-837-4900 if you do have a specific um t- uh, question for andy uh we do have him here today and jesse's waiting for your call if i don't see what if i see ice dams on the outside but i don't see any water stains on the inside does that mean i'm okay or could there still potentially be an issue going on? It's a good question, Sharon. Uh, not necessarily because a lot of times with our natural eye or the naked eye, and especially if you have a, a cathedral-type family room mm-hmm. or a, take a large building like you know Best Buy, Stop and Shop type mm-hmm. of buildings, uh, you can't get up there. It's just very high. That's, you know, I never even thought about that aspect of it. I'm sitting here thinking about residential because obviously, you know, we're residential sales. But yeah, all these bigger stores and everything could potentially have problems, huh? A lot of flat roofs. Uh, and sometimes you go in these stores and there's a bucket on the, on the, in the middle of the aisle. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the water. Uh, very dangerous. Uh, you know, health and safety issues there. But uh, the key, and we'll get into this, is that you've got to get to the source of the problem and fix it and correct it before it gets worse. You know what another thing that people don't notice is? is um, huh. If you're just looking from the ground up and you're looking at the ice dam, yeah, you might not see water. But if you're on the roof, you'll see behind the ice dam there's a puddle of water. And I see that all the time. I, I was working with my brother doing like ice dam work and shoveling off roofs all week. Yeah. And you see it, there's literally a puddle just on the roof so on you can roof. imagine what's what's happening. Yeah, so people can't even see that, right? Because you saw it from, from an eye... Yeah, yeah, you're seeing it from a bird's eye view, so... And that's where when you get that warmer day, uh-huh. like we had 30-something this week and, and you start to... When it's melting down, it forms that puddle. Then it can potentially undermine underneath the shingles. If you have a flat roof, that's a whole different issue because it's flat. It's just, it's got nowhere to go but straight down. Yeah. And I'm dealing with issues of of several uh, buildings in Boston where they have a lot of flat roofs, the old Newberry Street, Boylston Street, et cetera. And they also have decks up there with, you know, uh, two or three feet uh, garden type of thing. So that snow just sits there. If nobody is shoveling that snow off, they're going to have huge, huge issues. So it may not be right now, but take two, three, four months down the road. Uh, it's it's going to, you know, all the restoration companies will be busy. So do you think it's going to be water issues? Do you think it's going to be mold issues? I mean, it won't be a collapsing issue at that point. You think It's, it's going to be both water and mold. Water, water damage uh, and also mold will begin to grow. Oh, my goodness. Well, we have a caller. you want to take? Sure. Sure. We have Matt. Hi, Matt. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do for you today? Well, I kind of had a comment. Uh, I've seen houses that have the vented drip edge, which is above the gutter, and that tends to put a lot of warm air out there and make for worse uh, icicles as opposed to uh, conventional venting of the soffit in the soffit area underneath the gutter. I just wanted to hear your comments on what you 
thought of these two different ways to create, you know, the attic venting and so forth. It's a good point you bring out, Matt. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the vent drip edge at the top of the gutter, and one of the reasons is when you get a lot of snow, it blocks the ventilation of the soffit. Soffit vents uh, are best behind the gutter, uh, and it's designed to breathe in conjunction with a ridge vent. So when the airflow is flowing vertically, you're getting the cold air. It's keeping the roof deck, it's keeping it dry, and it's preventing a lot of the ice dam buildup. Does that make sense, Matt? Because I'll, I'm going to let you know. Like I, I'm lost right there. Like I don't. I know what a soffit vent is, but I don't know what the drip edge. I don't know what one he's the talking about. The drip edge is well, a very for, small. For years, they 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 had this vented drip edge, and it was much easier for builders to, you know, vent vent the soffit that way. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, I I think it should be outlawed. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, it, it's the building code should be changed because back in the '80s, I've done a lot of these type colonials around the South Shore. Uh, where a lot of mold issues have been caused because if you have that lack of ventilation and it's not breathing, you create moisture issues within the home. And part of this is even though the attic can be cold, now you have an excessive relative humidity issue. And when you get into high humidity, once you start getting into the 65, 75, 90% humidity, that's like putting gas on the fire. That's what wants to create mold to grow. So it's not just a flood, it's not just an ice dam, but it's also trapping the moisture where, because the water is in the mold now wants to feed off of a source. So wood is what you call a semi-porous type of material. It takes a lot longer to germinate as far as feeding for mold potential and growth. But anything that is wet over 48 hours, uh, 24 to 48 hours, the EPA says, has a potential for mold growth. So right. it's not weeks well, or months. Well, I'm enjoying the show. I just uh, wanted Thank to you. make that point. I think uh, anybody that has that should uh, try to change to a, a soffit vent as opposed to the above the gutter, the vented drip edge. Hmm. Right, it's an excellent point. And if, if people can do the soffit underneath, I usually recommend you you get the screen strip and just go across every bay of the front and the rear side of the uh, the A-frame type roof, not just a couple of soffits. Because if you have, say, 26 or 40 bays and you put six or a dozen soffit vents, it's not going to cover the other bays in those areas. Mm-hmm. And this has become, you know, one of these building code issues where uh, they're not doing much about it. But when I see that, and I, you know, I get the infamous real estate call, <laughs> home inspectors been in, all of a sudden they see all kinds of, you know, staining or you know, fuzzy mm-hmm. or black. And uh, I won't get into the topic of the details of all the mold, but not all black mold is toxic. Mm-hmm. And normally, I'm, right. I'm finding a common cladosporium type of mold in the attic. Very rarely, I will find a, quote, black mold stachybotrys. Um, and the other thing is we don't clean our attics. So and people hardly ever go in their attic, and it's not like you're cleaning the living space of your house. So if you don't know... That's why it's best to check your attics and basements before you, if you're going to sell your house or check them today. But mm-hmm. uh, so you know that there may be potential issues. Uh, mm-hmm. People don't know that they have wet or dampness. But we'll get into some thermal infant imaging probably after the break. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's great. I appreciate the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for calling. That was Matt from Pembroke, and he brings up, you know, good. I mean, conversations about, I mean, I was following them with the soffit, the soffit vents. I wonder if that's an easy, is that an easy change for people to do, to go from one to the other? It is, yeah. It it's doesn't do anything structurally to the house except for just going underneath. The, the only difficulty is if it's a second floor, you're going to 
you need a ladder to get up there higher. But one of the things that you said, Andy, that I think is really, really important for people to understand is home ownership is, and you brought this up at first, this is your pride and joy. I mean, this is the biggest financial investment that you probably have. And you're right, nobody goes up in their attic. And I recently told on a show that we had a bat issue in our house and we had people going up there, you know, to take care of the issue. But it was like, we're never up there. You know what I mean? So it was like they were finding things that I was like, well, how would I know? I'm never up there, you know? Did you hear them? (laughs) Yeah, we heard them. That's how we knew. But they saw stuff, and that was the telltale that they could tell, you know, by their droppings if it wasn't a mouse. So that's sort of gross, isn't it? I know it's Saturday morning at 10, but... Um, well, there's some all these pests, squirrels, mice. They're hibernating for the winter. They need to stay warm. Yeah, I know. Well, they're staying warm in my attic, and I'm not <laughs> so happy about it. So when you come to my house to do the infrared, you don't have to go up there. But okay. We think they might be gone now, but we're not sure. So why don't would you want to take a quick break, and then when we come back, sure. we'll talk about more about all these things. Again, you are listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara and Andy Provatola from Environmental Resources. We're talking about ice dams, uh, prevention, mold, and all that good stuff. So we'll be right back. Are you experiencing ice dams, flooding, and water leaks inside your house? Environmental Resources provides solutions and preventative maintenance for your home or business. When the ice and snow begin to melt, get ready for the excess water damage. Environmental Resources utilizes the latest technology of thermal infrared imaging to detect water leaks to your property by assessing potential interior water problems early to prevent flooding and even poor indoor air quality such as mold. Environmental Resources is dedicated to help with your interior water damage needs. They provide practical solutions, guiding you in the right direction when it comes to flooding, ice dams, and mold. Take action today and do not allow the blizzards of 2015 to ruin what you have worked so hard for. Environmental Resources is located on the South Shore in Norwell, servicing the greater Boston and surrounding coastal regions of Massachusetts. Call today, 781-248-9975 online at airenvironments.com. If you are a buyer, seller, or lender, you need Main Street National Title. If you owe more on your home than its current market value, you need Main Street National Title. At Main Street National Title, we leverage the best talent and the most efficient technology in the industry to handle your transaction. Call attorney Liz Cotter for all your short sale and real estate needs at 508 415 6664 or at Liz at com. Plumbing problems are inevitable. Sad to say, do not fix it yourself. After all, that's your home you're living in. McNamara Plumbing. New construction, renovations, repairs, service calls. McNamara Plumbing. Fully insured. 781-294-7100. McNamara Plumbing. 50% more talk real estate, absolutely free. Talk real estate with Sharon McNamara. Now, one hour, every Saturday morning on 95.9 WATD. And we're back. Sorry about that. You're hearing our little sidelines here. We're just talking off air. Um, again, you're listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. I'm the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. And I have Andy Provatola here from Environmental Resources with me today. And we are talking about um, ice dams and um, mold and all of that. We were actually talking. He was drawing a picture. Matt from Pembroke called. And he was drawing a picture for me to show me different things um, in regard to soft vents. I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that you can overventilate. Or is, is that what you you can, yeah. yeah. The uh, 
As far as the, the ventilation for an attic area or space, it's uh, it's known that one square foot of uh, ventilation per 300 square feet of an attic. So if you have a, you know, thousand square feet of an attic area mm-hmm. of the floor joist, then you want to look at like 10 square feet of ventilation. Yeah. Uh, that drip edge vent is very little ventilation. Yeah. So it's not helping the, you know, the cause as far as to do the proper job. You also need a ridge vent with, with the soffit vents because you have a vertical going up and down to keep the air. You know, some people put the ba- the styrofoam baffles. Oh, yeah, yeah, the baffles. Uh, I call yeah. them baffles. Some people call them other things. Yeah. Uh, but, and if you build a, vo- you know, a, a family room with a vaulted ceiling, you definitely need the ridge vent, but you also need the baffles because when you put the insulation in, you want that air to breathe. It gives you two to three inches to breathe from the soffit to the ridge. If you don't, you're just squishing the fiberglass against the wood. Mm-hmm. So when they get, that gets moist, it has a lot of potential for mold, and it's very difficult for it to dry out. Mm-hmm. And people don't know because you can't see it. Can I ask you a question? I mean, you're you know so much about all of this ventilation stuff and all of that. I'm just wondering, can people hire you like if they're building a house and look at their design? Like, do engineers or architects sit with you and 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 talk about this? Because I don't think they know until they have a problem. Uh, some some do some it's you know they're becoming more aware of it especially with the lumber yeah uh, I have a big issue with lumber companies that keep their lumber stored outside oh. especially plywood two by fours because all this snow all this moisture is not covered it's all wet yeah and they'll give the the contractor a you know a good discount because it's half full of mold yeah and they think it's just a stain. But now, when you, if you have that excessive mold, and there's a legitimate type of what they call as a lumberyard mold. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a cut in the grain. Yeah. But the the problem is, is that once they put that in the framing and then they button it up and tighten it, now you get the moisture content. You already have some uh, potential for mold to grow. That happened on, I think it's on my deck, you know, um, when that, uh, what is that deck? The... I cannot think this oh, morning. You know, like the hardy, not the hardy plank, but you know the uh, whatever that the deck Trex is, deck. Trex deck type yeah. stuff. We were like one of the first people when we did the edition. That's yeah. when it first came out, and I noticed like the next season, I was like, why do we have all these black spots on it? And I'm pretty convinced it's mold. We power wash it every year, and it comes, it just never goes away. So that's I, pretty common outside exterior. You know, uh, I deal with a lot of people in vacation homes, the Cape to Gloucester. And I'll say, look, at clean down your furniture before you store it in the garage or in the house. Some of them put it right in their living room because they're in a rush. Yeah. It's Labor Day or, you know, Columbus Day. They, yeah. they just throw it in. They're going to fly out or whatever. And there's mold there. So all of a sudden they get back in the spring and all, they're seeing mold issues, it's, oh you know, goodness. surface mold. It's because they didn't clean their uh, furniture, or patio, et cetera, down. Before. Uh, but as far as, you know, getting back to the, uh, the ice dams yep. and the causes of moisture, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the moisture issues. Yep. Uh, but the key is, uh, it, you know, is taking a visual look in your attic uh, or, or your basement as far as looking around to see if there's anything potential. If you see a lot of snow on your roof and ice dams and you're not sure, then we're going to be talking about uh, thermal infrared imaging or a thermal camera. Uh, but the other aspect of uh, the attics is any kind of vents, bath exhaust, uh, duct vents, cooking stove vents, uh, these should all be installed to the exterior. Yeah. People duck it in their attic. Uh, Mickey the Dunce comes in, puts the ceiling fan in, and he doesn't tell you he never ducked it outside. It's mm-hmm. just stuck in the attic where you're adding moisture. So 
when we get the real cold weather, we see a lot of films of uh, frost in your roof bays. Yeah. And I see that, at, you know, in my own house. Uh, but it's not a problem because I have R38 insulation, which is really what you should have. Uh, that's, you know, what in, in our area of Boston, New England, we need mm-hmm. uh, to keep the heat inside the house. Because when that film of water or frost... If you're getting the heat loss through the air gaps or the bath exhaust fans bringing up hot air from the showers, it's keeping the wood moist. Well, guess what? When the wood is moist, eventually it's going to turn into mold. Mm-hmm. And so these are all preventative measures to help alleviate that problem. So the good ventilation, of also venting your, your bath exhaust uh, stove, of cooking stoves, same yeah. thing. Uh, because there's more heat and moisture in a cooking stove. Dryers, right? Do you see dryer people doing vent. it with dryer yeah. vents and stuff who are on the second floor? Dryer vents I usually see in the basement or in the first. You know, some people do the second floor, but they put it on the sidewall. Oh, yeah. Uh, you see that in a lot of uh, townhouse type uh, things. Yeah. Or, uh, so the first inspection to think that you might have an issue would be looking for water. Are you looking for black? I mean, what are people looking question. for? Good question. You know, I was, uh, was going to ask, what can I do? Uh, number one, always call an experienced professional who deals with water and moisture problems, uh, specifically, and you know, you know, or somebody who knows at least you know the field. There's some contractors are very aware of some of these things. Uh, some of them are not, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm surprised because we're in 2015, and with all the hurricanes and the floods and the storms that we've had, uh, there are companies who are building the the prefab modular homes. Yeah. They're excellent because they're all built indoors and they're federally inspected. Yeah. However, the con the developers still have to put them together. Yeah. And I've run into situations where they put a tarp on it, it wasn't complete, the nor'easter came, water came in and flooded out, and yeah. they got to pull the whole ceiling and walls out. And the, the purpose of the people why they did this is so it would be weatherized indoors. And it's like buying a brand new car and you pull off the lot and you get a fender bender. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oops. So, uh, <laughs> a big you know, oops, actually. Yeah. Right? As far as thermal infrared imaging, uh, therm- thermal infrared. Inf- I'm getting calls, I guess. Oh, sorry. He's getting calls there. But if you want to call the studio, 781-837-4900. Again, I'm with Andy Provatella from. Um, Environmental Resources, 781-837-4900, if you have any questions for Andy. Let me just uh, cover this, Sharon, if I can. But uh, thermal infrared light or spectrometry, uh, it emits infrared energy as heat through a special lens. Uh, The focused light is scanned by a a phase array of infrared detector elements, which creates a detailed temperature pattern called thermogram. And the detector elements from the thermogram are translated into electrical impulses. Mm -hmm. So it detects subtle temperature differences in a nutshell of the object in view. Uh, Infrared or thermal imaging reveals in various colors of what appears to be invisible to the naked eye. So in other words, if I'm looking at my ceiling Mm -hmm. and I have a vaulted ceiling and it's dry as a bone to my naked eye. Yeah. However, I'm... I'm looking at it or a specific house and there's ice dams. Mm-hmm. Now, when we s- scan the thermal infrared imaging, it has color schemes. So, for example, red is very hot. You know, yellow is more of a medium type temperature and, and blue, if I put it on this uh, rainbow color pattern, the blue would be considered very cold or wet. Okay. So, if I'm looking at a temperature differential, I want to try to keep this in layman's terms because there's a lot of technicalities, you know, and mm-hmm. as far as thermal infrared imaging. But if the house is 70 and all the walls are, you know, 70, and now I'm scanning the thermal infrared imaging 
and I see, I don't see any puddles or I don't see any staining, but there's a leak going on. All of a sudden it picks up this cool spot, which could be 15 or 20 degree difference. Okay. So that's a big red flag. That's telling me that there's something going on. So that would be the blue, because I'm looking at pictures. Yep. This is sort of awesome, actually. Right. So the blue could be potentially an issue. <laughs> yeah, that was an ice dam uh, this year, about last month. Uh, it came from the attic down to the bathroom, to two bathrooms, actually. And but all those spots that w there was mold there, but there was also uh, a lot of mold on the backside because what people don't realize is that even though your ceilings may look clear and dry, yeah, there still may be moisture. But if that moisture is there for over forty eight hours, and if you have floor joist insulation, it's the water is trapped between the backside of the ceiling and in the fiberglass. Okay. So that's going to create mold issues. And then it gets into the fiberglass and everything else, right? Yeah, fiberglass is usually uh, more considered non-porous material. However, if the spores get trapped in there, but uh, I don't like paper backing as a vapor barrier for uh, any kind of insulation because it's a fruitable source for mold. Okay. And when you deal with backsides of ceiling, most people put in the regular drywall. Yeah. So it's a paper backing. So oh. when that gets wet, it gets mold. So okay. that type of material, the drywall is is more like steak and lobster for mold. Yeah. When I'm looking at this picture here, so when you're looking at that and you can see the blue, yeah. that's just telling you basically, okay, so that's sort of a cold spot. It's wet possibly. It's and picking up the surface of that area. So you don't know, how do you then know that it's definitely mold? Okay, good question. It's number one, the thermal infrared imaging is not, uh, it's not a mold detector. Okay. So if somebody tells you that, they're lying and just send them out the back door. Okay. Uh, they're not, they don't know what they're talking about as far as uh, what it's designed to do is pick up, uh, is the radiant energy picking up temperature differential. Okay. So when I see the moisture, and I usually confirm that, we use what you call as moisture meters. Yeah. Uh, moisture meter, we use X-Tech. I, I like to use X-Tech, or there's, there's other kinds, Fluke and others, but the moisture meter, what that will do is once you start to get over tw uh, 18 to 21%, that's another indicator that there's a potential for mold growth. Okay. So that can be uh, invasive or non-invasive. What's nice about the camera is that it's what you call non-evasive. So I don't have to start ripping out everything, mm -hmm. all the walls to find out if there's a problem. Yep. That saves a lot of headaches. Okay. Uh, I deal with people with uh, radiant floor heat. Yep. They don't know which line is broken. Well, you, you put the infrared on the floor and in 10 seconds, I could pick it up. Wow, that's great to know. I have radiant heat. I didn't know, yep. well, I don't think we have an issue, but yeah, that's good to know. My husband's a plumber and he puts in radiant heat, so that's that's awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> when the insurance company is trying to figure out what's going on as far as an adjust, I'll say, look, it, you don't have to rip up the whole floor. It's, it's only this four feet. Yep. Will here. insurance companies cover you to come out and? Uh, they do. Uh, usually, if you keep all your receipts, uh, as far as ice dams, um, most people don't realize it, but you can be covered. Most people are covered with insurance. Yep. So, if you have a serious issue, just call your company. They'll send an adjuster out. Uh, as far as what we do, we come in and give an objective, factual viewpoint. So mm -hmm. we don't remediate. There's no you know, agenda there for us or motive to say that this is, you know, um, mm -hmm. you need to remediate your whole house. Yeah. We have another caller. You want to take this caller? Sure. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Um, I was wondering if his services are covered by insurance and if he works with the insurance companies. Uh, they. It depends on what your policy is. They Most of the time, ice dams are covered. 
Uh, mold, a lot of insurance companies are starting to drop its 50-50. Okay. Uh, it depends on if you had an interior leak, such as a broken pipe from your shower or a sink, second or first floor, if your water heater went, or you were away and the water heater went and you have a finished basement and everything just got full of mold. Normally in your policy, there'll be a wood rot, mold, decay, and fungi on your endorsement. It'll say it'll cover up to 10000 in uh-huh. coverage. Now, that's just for mold if it's a mold issue. Right. Now, what if it's a mold issue caused from damage from the ice dams? Well, that should be covered. Okay. If it's if it's in the policy, because not only should they cover you for the mold, but they should also cover you for the rebuild. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they try to um, get out of that with their semantics. Uh, as far as they'll say, we'll give you ten thousand to cover the you know this specific area, but they never covered the rebuild, which could be another additional five or ten grand. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Because well, I had significant damage. Um, I live in a townhouse in Marshfield, and. Um, my insurance company came out, and I mean, I can smell the smell in my house from the the must is horrible. And what did they and, say? Pardon me. What did they say? Um, he didn't really say anything. He just went around and measured, and he said he would get back to me in a couple weeks. And so I I just don't even know what to do right now. Well, they're out straight as far as. I mean, you know, some of them aren't getting out for two two to four weeks because of the amount of extensive snow and ice that uh, we're dealing with. Yeah. However, if you're smelling musty odors, that's a good sign of, you know, uh, potential for mold growth. Right. And one of the things is it's so hazardous. So this is one of my concerns is through this whole process of what we've been going through here in the Northeast, all these scammers that are out there, I'll shovel Mm -hmm. your roof, they have no insurance and all these other things. I mean, you said it earlier, Andy, that you you have to make sure that you get somebody who knows what they're doing because Mm -hmm. you can't just get a regular, you need a mold remediation person, right? Right. Who's trained, who's certified, uh, who has experience. My, My biggest thing is that how long have they been doing remediation, not how long they've been in business. A contractor mm-hmm. could be in business for 30 years, but all of a sudden he got into mold remediation like two years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as what happens is, you know, we also conduct, we do a thorough visual assessment mm-hmm. and then we can conduct sampling and sampling can vary as far as you can do air sampling in a specific room if it's picking up unusual spore counts or if I think walls or ceilings need to be cut and opened or we can go into a wall and sample if it's needed. Uh, those are some of the recommendations. It's simply, I, the way I put it, it's a rule-out process. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm not a big fan of oversampling because if the mold needs to be removed and taken care of, then that's the goal, is you want uh-huh. to restore it back to what it, you know, yeah. what it was in the beginning. Okay. Uh, so, you know, as far as mold, it's affecting, our, it can affect our health and pets' health, even pets. Uh-huh. Uh, but when it comes to the building or the house or the structure, the mold's not saying to each other, we're this type of species, so we're going to be worse on the house. Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. and that's something that uh, people don't realize. Uh, mildew is kind of an incubation of mold. Mm-hmm. So when they say, I think I have mildew, well, it, if it stays there long enough, it's going to turn into mold. Right, exactly. So is there a place where people can go? Because you do, you find the mold, but you don't remediate the mold, which is perfect. That's why the insurance companies are, you know, yeah. they love you. You're the third party. You know, you don't have anything. You're just telling right, them the answer. Right. But is there some place people can go to find certified mold yeah, remediators? Yeah. There's uh, what you call IICRC, which is the Institute of Carpet and Restoration, IICRC.org. Not just water damage, but they have to be trained and certified in what they call as mold remediation S520 standards. Okay. Uh, the EPA has standards and guidelines, but there's also another, uh, one of the, the great national networks I'm in is 
is uh, ACAC.org. It's an American Council uh, of Certification. It's an independent certifying body, so they're another no conflict of interest. Uh, they train people. Uh, you have to take a rigorous testing. You have to have rigorous field experience. Uh, I'm a certified microbial consulting, which is a minimal eight-year experience, uh, it, plus your education. So it, it was pretty, the exam was very uh, thorough. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, you know, uh, something online that you can find and, you know, someone takes an, in yeah. an hour. There are courses out there, people are doing it. I could get my cat certified, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, but it's not because... Yeah, it's scary. People come in and they're not trained properly. And what's happening, it's like an electrician. You're not just going to give this young whippersnapper all these tools and say, okay, wire this house up yeah you know or a plumber yeah you know they have to Get learn sit under somebody mm -hmm. sit under mentoring and the confusion comes in because there's no regulation with mold yeah. uh, there's only five states texas louisiana florida i think arkansas and virginia are the only ones licensed that have some in florida just recently passed like two years ago mm -hmm. uh, in, a, in especially places that have huge hurricane issues yeah uh, but because it's national every climate's different it's going to be very difficult but where you have lead asbestos even radon yeah it's all state and federal regulated with mold it's not and that's the confusion hmm. i wonder if they'll start changing that though i mean because if you think about all of the hurricanes and this weather that we're having i mean especially on the northeast we're getting sort of clobbered we're getting there uh i'm in another good great network uh, indoor air quality association uh, right now there's what they call the new hampshire uh, mold task force yeah new hampshire is probably the best state uh, at least uh, on the cutting edge of trying to get something bureaucratically uh, on the books for some kind of a state licensing mm -hmm. where people need to be trained educated qualified to do the mm -hmm. work and maybe what i can do is maybe get a few people from you that you would you know n that you know are certified yeah. and i can post them on my website and people can maybe find them there just so they have some place to go right yeah i mean i you know there's there's the good the bad and the ugly companies yeah and i don't want any of the ugly ones no and <laughs> one other thing sharon that i find and and i it it drives me nuts in a sense that when somebody's buying a house and there is a mold issue and the seller is going to pay for the remediation, which they usually do. The yeah. buyers usually hire me to do the assessment, the scope of work. However, the sellers always look for the cheapest way out. Yep. And I usually find that that's not the best, you know, that that's not uh, mm -hmm. potentially the best way because uh, they're not doing it right. Yeah. Uh, you, I'm not going to say the old saying is you get what you pay for, but when someone comes in, quotes 1200 and then someone comes in and quotes 12000 Yeah. And it's like, that's pretty extreme. Something's wrong. Yeah. And normally, I have a good idea what it would be because I've done over 5,000 assessments just in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of field experience. Of, I need the right help of looking for the right people. <laughs> uh, I have some help, but I, I, I'm doing a lot of work on the North Shore right now and traveling. And it's, uh, yeah. you know, but on the other hand, the uh, the people, if they're doing it right and they're trained and they, they're on the books and they got workman's comp and all of that, it is going to cost and they, and they do it about, you know, mm -hmm. they with a high standard of integrity. Yeah. You know, there's a standard of care. And my, my line when I talk to people say, you know, my concern is that as long as they're doing it right, that's what really counts. Mm -hmm. 
you know. In well, especially it. with something with mold, I, I honestly wouldn't care how much it cost to do it the right way. I mean, because right. it's so dangerous. And with you living in a townhouse, Nicole, I, yeah. I mean, the damage started from the outside. So you might potentially have something going on with your association as well, right? I mean, is it exactly. under your insurance, yeah. their insurance? That could get a little messy too. I mean, is yeah. that something that's... Yeah, yeah I, I deal with it. Uh, some of them don't want to cover it. And I'll say, look at you, Ken. I had a case in Duxbury. Uh, about four years ago, and they offered them twelve thousand. I said this won't even cover the mold. Oh, uh, wow. We did a comprehensive report. That uh, was there several times. Uh, it was a very involved case, uh, but it cost them a lot of money. But guess, uh, but guess what? Nine months later, I found out uh, because of the documentation, the report, the pictures, etc., uh-huh. they got eighty-five thousand dollars out of that because oh, wow. it, it, that was a legitimate claim. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and they were trying to not cover them. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I, I was sitting there with with or standing there with their engineer on the second visit, and there were two buckets with water coming down through different parts of the house. And the, what part mm-hmm. of this don't we understand? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, this is what I have damage in every single ceiling in in the townhouse. Oh <laughs> every single one of them, oh. even my That's bathroom, which is in the middle of the unit. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, we wish you well in all Thank of that. You. And again, well, um, Andy Pro, Andy will be given his phone number and everything. Um, actually, I'll give it right now, 781-248-9975, 781-248-9975. We're going to have all of his information again a little bit later in the show, too. So thank you for calling in, Nicole, and good luck Thank with everything. you, and I'll definitely be calling him. Oh, Thanks, great. Thank, thank you. you. We have um, another caller. So uh, why don't we take Tom from Kingston? Hello. Hi, Tom. How's it going? It's going good. Hi, Andy. How you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Got a question for you. I don't know if you're able to help me out or not, but back uh, so many years ago, we were trying to sell our home. We had a prospective buyer. Uh, they put a deposit down and they did, did a home inspection. When they when the home inspector went up into the attic, he came back with a report saying there's mold up there. And what it was was a four by eight piece of plywood that was all black. And so the uh, potential buyer says, we want nothing done with mold, seal, and adios. They took off. So my real estate broker says, let's find out what's going on. He had somebody come down, look at it. And what he said is that was construction mold that you were talking about, I think. He says probably when they built the house, they had so many sheets of plywood in the backyard, and that was probably the top sheet. He says if that was mold that was alive, it would have spread off of that 4 by 8 after all these years. It was built in 1990. So I have a sheet up in the attic that's 4 by 8 and it's black. Is there a way of cleaning it or painting it or anything I can do so that the next time we go to sell the home, we don't run into that problem? Yeah, I mean, it, there is what you call the lumberyard mold, which has uh, traces of lines going across pretty consistent. Uh, as far as when you get into mold, not just because it's staining in an attic doesn't mean that it's mold. Uh, that's one one aspect. Attics are uh, I usually consider it more cosmetic versus health uh, related, unless there's active leaks from ice dams, uh, roof leaks, etc. The uh, real estate is a hot potato with mold. Uh, when you get into what the EPA would consider or IICRCS 520 industry standards, a small area is 10 square feet or less. When you get into a medium area, it's usually 20 to, say, 99 square feet. Uh, you, know, you know, a sheet of plywood is, what, 32 you know, square feet? Uh, it's not extensive, per se. 
Uh, when you get into the 100 square feet or two, three, 400 square feet, that's extensive. That's where really a, a professional train company should be coming in. But what, what does a customer hear from the uh, home inspector? Even if it was just one inch of mold, all of a sudden people are, are scared. Uh, there's, I don't blame them. Well, because some inspectors are not educated on this topic mm-hmm. and they've become alarmist. Right. And, and what I always say when I am a buyer's agent or if I'm a seller's agent, I mean, one of the things I say is you can't visually tell from your eyes if that is really going to be mold, if it's a hazardous mold and all these other things. So I tell right. them that they need to call Andy and get that verified to tell us what type of mold it is and if it actually does have to be remediated. Because you said earlier, not all mold, right, is hazardous. Right, right. right. Well, so is there a way for me to avoid the next person? That's well, person you can you can hire someone to do it, or as far as clean it down, or you can you know scrub it and clean it yourself. You get the proper you know mask and gloves. There's plenty of products at Home Depot. Uh, you can seal it after it's cleaned down with the mold and moisture resistant type primer. Uh, I would use, you know, you may want to use clear because if you just have one block that's off white, it's just going to, you know, kind of stick out a little bit. Uh, But nobody lives in their attic, so we don't clean our attics. If somebody has legitimate uh, buyer, has severe asthmatic members and, you know, family members, uh, there's some legitimate concern there. Uh, A lot of times some of the buyers are using it as a a more of a closing tool to get more money, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because it's just what they do you know yeah. they they find a price reduction i find a lot of home inspections are price reductions in a sense that uh, your house could be really put a lot of money into it well done and, and the guy's just going to rip it apart in mm-hmm. some ways you know, i was really concerned about the ventilation up there because it's a hip colonial and they have that ridge vent that's probably about I, i'm not sure it would say four feet long or five feet six feet long yeah that's right in the, the peak Hip hip roofs are, are challenging because they're not your typical A-frame. They're more of a rectangle, and you have four sides. Usually, yeah. uh, putting in a couple of roof cap vents will help to uh, Im- improve the ventilation. What's the roof, roof cap vent? A roof cap goes on top of the the roof, uh, and it cover it. It gives you a ventilation to improve the air quality in the in the 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 airflow of the attic. Okay, what uh, a carpenter friend of mine did. He says to vent this a little bit better. He put one of those. I don't know the right word, but like a whirly bird thing? That uh, you can do that, or you can put a roof cap and add like a six or seven inch small fan. And I usually recommend you get a dual, uh, it's called a humidistat with a temperature. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I had a classic example this week where it was 16 degrees in the attic. However, the humidity was 60%. Whoa. So the moisture was feeding this new house or newer house to start some, with some mold. And I said, really, you need to control the moisture here and get the the moisture out. Even though they had some soffit and some ridge, they had a blockage in one of the areas. So another s- solution to that was putting an end gable and possibly adding the fan with the humidistat and the temperature uh, control. And you can find those at Baines Electric or like Granite City. And is that something you'd need electricity for? Yeah, you would. Yeah, mm-hmm. and usually a electrician they they usually know what they're doing with that. Yeah, because usually there's a light up there anyway, so they can just bridge off of that. I would think. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you for calling, yeah, Tom. You. You guys I have re- a great weekend. You, great thanks, Tom. Appreciate you it. You too. Bye bye. So um, we're running late for our commercial, and I want to get your commercials in. Do you want to do that, or do you want to continue on? You, a- whatever's up to you. Okay. Why don't we play his commercial, and then we'll be right back. 
Are you experiencing ice dams, flooding, and water leaks inside your house? Environmental Resources provides solutions and preventative maintenance for your home or business. When the ice and snow begin to melt, get ready for the excess water damage. Environmental Resources utilizes the latest technology of thermal infrared imaging to detect water leaks to your property by assessing potential interior water problems early to prevent flooding and even poor indoor air quality such as mold. Environmental Resources is dedicated to help with your interior water damage needs. They provide practical solutions, guiding you in the right direction when it comes to flooding, ice dams, and mold. Take action today and do not allow the blizzards of 2015 to ruin what you have worked so hard for. Environmental Resources is located on the South Shore in Norwell, servicing the greater Boston and surrounding coastal regions of Massachusetts. Call today, 781-248-9975, online at airenvironments.com. Imperial Inspection Services, complete home inspection services, radon testing, featuring on-site results with electronic testing, lead paint inspection, Title V inspection, pest inspection, including FHA and VA. Call seven days a week, 1-800-440-1141, or visit them on the web at imperialinspectionservices.com. With 28 years experience in two convenient locations, Braintree and Cape Cod, accepting credit cards for all services rendered. Imperial Inspection Services. 1-800-440-1141. 1-800-440-1141. And we're back. Uh, thank you for uh, th- all the calls that we're going to be getting. I, I'm so used to the music, Jesse, that I just lost my train of thought. But anyways, you're listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara and uh, Andy Provatola from Environmental Resources. We're going to sort of be wrapping up here because we only have a few minutes left. Um, I just um, just want to give a shout out because I see uh, my fave back there, uh, Kevin Tachi. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say hi to him. And he's the reason we now have a podcast. So people can find our podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. So if you have anybody you want to share this show with, uh, be sure to give them that website. You can also find us on iTunes. And um, what are your final thoughts for the final seconds here that we have? Uh, final thoughts. First of all, I, I like the hour program much better than Thank a half you, hour. Thank you, me too. <laughs> because you're not crashing in and trying to put a lot of information that you can't cram into, you know, mm-hmm. 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of critical points to wrap it up. Uh, the other thing is thermal infrared and thermography can be used for energy audits. Like oh, you can yeah. show where you're missing insulation or the air drafts or mm-hmm. the air gaps. Uh, because I deal with odor issues sometimes and we tend to find some of these things and it's somebody was cooking chicken curry and it was coming up through condominium and we figured out where, you know, oh, really? what was going on. Uh, and the other person didn't like chicken curry. Uh, I don't like curry. <laughs> Isn't that the funniest thing? It's the only spice I don't like. <laughs> but the three critical points, uh, the visual inspection, the walkthrough yep. is very important, whether it's a home or a building, gathering as much information, ice dams, roof leaks, flooding, the second point would be the moisture assessment, which would be using utilizing thermal infrared imaging, uh, hygrometers, checking the temperature, the relative humidity, or also boroscopes, which have like little uh, kind of like a, a holes with a small camera at the end. You can get into a wall and fish behind and see because uh-huh. uh, the, the thermog- thermal camera wouldn't be able to do that, but the boroscope can do something like that. Okay. And then the last thing would be is the key to any water leak, damage, or excess moisture is to determine the source of the problem. Stop the source of the leak. I deal with this with condos. We heard Nicole yeah. call, but I walk in there and I say, look, it, it may 
take two months before the association gets together to figure out what they're going to do. Rather than fight with the insurance companies, you got to get it fixed, pay for it, keep your receipts because it's just going to get worse if you don't. Mm-hmm. Because what kinds of illnesses can people get? I mean, I mean, they can get really sick from it, right? I mean, yeah, I, you know, uh, people right now, uh, there's a, a couple of carcinogens that can potentially cause cancerous, but liver, kidney. Uh, there's a lot of eye irritation, skin rash, uh, respiratory, mm. uh, pulmonary breathing irritability. Where, uh, um, you know, the coughing, the sinuses is a big one too. Yeah. Uh, with that, but you know, in, in a lot of times, you, you just have to discern and decipher, rule out: is this from mold issues or is it from something else? Yeah. Bacteria, bacteria, and mold are two different kingdoms, so they they're different. Okay. Uh, but then, the, you know, the last thing which is critical is to avoid further water damage and repeat the occurrence. Is uh, you want to control the excess moisture, you want to fix the source of the problem, and work with dehumidification in your basement or crawl space. Yeah. Uh, because I know I have some water coming in at, near my uh, chimney. So you're going to be coming to my house maybe this week. Yep, We're going to do yep. some stuff. We're going to video it. We're going to find out what's going on at the McNamara Homestead. How can people get in touch with you, Andy? Uh, the easiest way is uh, you can go on my website at air, airenvironments.com. That's airenvironments.com. Or you can reach me at 781-248-9975. And thank you very much, Sharon. I appreciate the opportunity to thank you. discuss some of these topics. We love having you. We're going to do a big blog on this. I'm going to do the transcript. You can get that on bostonconnect.com. You can reach me at 781-294-4848. Again, I'm Sharon McNamara from Boston Connect Real Estate. Have a great weekend.